And the summer of LeBron 2 is off to a red-hot start. The Pelicans have agreed to finally trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Suddenly, the Lakers are a legitimate contender. Well, this feels like a really good deal for both sides. And now we see what the next two to drop will be. AD is a Laker. It's an AD Celebration Sunday. We get the ultimate Father's Day gift. We are reacting all day long. You could see the Lakers break up the max plot that they've been preserving and go after several different pieces to really have the necessary depth they're going to need next year. Now reacting with you on ESPN LA, here is Andy and Brian Kamenetsky. All right, it's Father's Day. And, you know, Andy, a lot of people, when they say what it went with Father's, like they, they might get a tie, like you get cologne. But what people really wanted, what fathers really wanted, What Andy, LeBron James really wanted, well, who, by the way, is a father. Well, I was, when I, LeBron presumably gets tickets. I was going to say they wanted their season tickets to be worth a damn. But what they, maybe, how you do that? Anthony Davis. And uh, the Lakers. LeBron has to buy tickets for people at some point during That's the year. That's true. It is people think that the, the players get all the tickets for free. They don't. No, this was one hell of a Father's Day Heck gift for a, the Lakers yes. and for Laker fans everywhere. So uh, the Lakers on Saturday uh, pull off the deal that everyone has been. It's so funny, like because in the NBA, trades with superstars really aren't that common. It is it is hard to make these deals. And it looked earlier in the week like you might need a second team, third team, fourth team, whatever it is. Um, and they're never done until they're done, despite the fact that this one felt incredibly inevitable, that Anthony Davis was going to be uh, in a Lakers uniform. It It's not done until it's done. Saturday, it became done. We are here uh, until noon. Andy and I will be here until noon talking about it. And ESPN LA has this covered all literally all day long into the evening. Uh, after us at 12, Alan Sliwa and Greg Bergman in a special edition of Lakers Talk. Uh, and they'll run that, they're going to run that thing out until 8 o'clock. So, um, all of the Anthony Davis talk. If you missed the parameters of the deal, how <laughs> is my first question, but here it is. The Lakers get Anthony Davis. They send out Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, and three first round picks. The number four this year, uh, and theoretically the uh, 2021 and 2023 that can shift a little bit also pick swaps so in those alternate years where the Lakers get to keep their picks the Pelicans can switch places in the draft with the Lakers so the Lakers gave up a lot there's no question we'll break that down we'll talk about what is going out the door but let's talk about Andy first what's coming in Anthony Davis I mean this they're getting a legit franchise player the Lakers in his prime. Yes, he is, 26 he is, years he old. Is 26 years old. He is, depending on how you do the rankings, somewhere between a top five player to at worst, like a top seven or eight player in the league. And he is getting teamed up with LeBron James, who even if you believe, and, and I actually do, that he is in the declining years, you are still talking about somewhere He's between still one a of the top, top five, five players. Yeah, top absolutely. seven player in the league. These guys are going to be joining forces, creating just one mother right. of a front and I, line. I think it's important. When people think about, like, oh, he's top five, top two. It's like, don't sit there and argue about whether or not Giannis is a little bit better than anything. The point is there's a group of players that are genuinely elite, that they are franchise-changing players. Kevin Durant, you know, pre-injury, certainly, and hopefully post-injury. Kawhi Leonard, 
uh, Giannis, Giannis, Steph Curry, and it, the argument if you have James to, Harden, uh, guys like that, it's you can sit there and like the shades. One night Harden might be better than Giannis in a series. One, that's not the point. The point is that, that there's a group of players that are elite franchise carrying guys, and LeBron James. Groin injury notwithstanding, averaged 28, 8, and 8 last year. He is in that group. And now the Lakers have added a second player in Anthony Davis who averaged about 26 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2.5 and blocks last year uh, in a season that was a little weird given the trade demand and, and all these other things. He still went out and was fourth in the league in win shares per 48 and fourth, third in the league in PER. And all. He is a tremendous player and is in that group. So the Lakers now have two of those guys. No other team in the league has two of those guys now that Kevin Durant is not going to be able to play next year. Well, and what's really, I was going to say, what's really important about that right now isn't just the fact that the Lakers have those two guys on the same team and they're going to look to build around that. It's that the West is wide open now. Yes. It is completely wide open, regardless of... Whether or not Clay Thompson, you know, who unfortunately is dealing with the ACL tear, and Kevin Durant even stay in Golden State, right. and doesn't even ma- doesn't matter even for next re- year, right? And even recover. Yes, let's and and we both hope that they recover and get back to the form that they were at for the time being. Moving next year, next season, where you know LeBron is going to be the youngest that the Lakers have him. He's only going to get older moving. No, but these things matter. It's true. You're right. He's not, but this is part of the part of the calculus of the trade. You, you no have question. to be thinking about this in terms of when LeBron is youngest. And the youngest that they're going to have him is this upcoming season. He's already older than he was when you started making that point. Exactly. The West is wider open now. Mm-hmm. And this trade does not automatically make the Lakers the best team in the league, in part because we don't know what the rest of the team is going to be, and also in part because we don't know how it's going to look yet, but it absolutely puts them in the conversation. I mean, just having LeBron the st- James the starting and point, Anthony yes. Davis. And you keep Kyle Kuzma, which is something yes. we'll talk about. That's that's important. Yes. That, all, that also, it matters on a few levels mm-hmm. that they kept Kyle Kuzma. Uh, so today we've got uh, a lot to talk about, Andy, and a lot of people coming on to do it. Um, 9 a.m. hour, we'll start off with Will Guillory from the... Uh, athletic. Ath- from the Athletic. Covers the Pelicans. Yes. Uh, Dave McManaman's going to join us at 9.30. Um, and then we'll have, uh, Zach Harper and Om Young Masuk at, uh, 10.30 and 11. So a lot. 10 and 10.30. 10 and 10.30. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people coming on to break all this down for us. Uh, the Kamenetsky brothers here doing it right now until noon. Also call in 877-710-ESPN yep, if you want to weigh in on this. I mean, this is obviously, it, it's a franchise changing move for the Lakers. And there's been so much anticipation leading up to this moment that, you know, feels both predictable and earth shattering, like at the same time. Like the Lakers are in this, you know, this brave new world, this this totally uncharted territory that everybody expected them to be in. But now you have to figure out, like, what the right. hell does it all mean? And, and this is this is you know the other part that we that you mentioned, Andy, in talking about where the Lakers are now. It's a, the starting point is LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the top. Okay, you're on point. Elite players in the NBA. Uh, top five caliber guys, whatever, better than any two-man combination in the league. You still have Kyle Kuzma. And what the Lakers also have, and we'll get into this a lot, what they should do from here is 
cap space and how much is dependent a little bit on details that at least I haven't seen yet. Um, it could be anywhere from about 28 to 33 million, depending on when the trade is official. If Anthony Davis gives up the $4 million that he gets as a, uh, a trade bonus, the Pelicans willingness to cooperate in terms right. of when this thing becomes official for what it's worth. The Pelicans have basically the same incentive as the Lakers to make this go longer before it's actually official, because my understanding they end up with more cap space. Yeah, as well. but they but also depends on like how you want to use your pay. There's a lot of mechanics that we don't know. The Lakers will have a fair a lot of money in either way to spend. The, the The difference does matter, obviously, though, because it's the difference between going after a max free agent, Kemba Walker. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you know Kawhi Leonard, one of those guys to fill to use up that cap space versus needing either a lesser player or trying to divide it up among two or three guys or four guys or whatever. And that decision that the Lakers have to make in terms of how they're going to fill out the rest of the roster. I've written a lot about this, Andy, at, at the Athletic. You know, Rob Palenka, you know when he was here, Magic Johnson, they deserve credit for getting LeBron James here for executing the Anthony Davis deal and getting Anthony Davis here. But in L.A., getting the stars to come, I know it seems like it's been hard of late. LeBron wanted to come play here. The Lakers needed to clear the runway and let him land the plane. They did. Anthony Davis wanted to come play here. And Rich Paul basically kicked the door open, and the Lakers had to give David Griffin enough stuff to let him walk through. Well, there's a there's going to be a perception and a narrative that I think has a certain amount of accuracy to it that Rich Paul and Clutch and LeBron James and Anthony Davis ultimately orchestrated the two of them being on this right. team. And they may have. And they, 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 look, they, they don't we, think there's really a whole lot of may about it. Well, I mean, we've never really seen any, at least to my recollection, anything like this before where you have two players with the conduit of a shared agency, Clutch, mm-hmm. openly frankly, disrupting things so much for two franchises in order to eventually get your way. Like, players collude all the time right? to to eventually team up, and they do it over the course of a season. They talk, they text, you know, they have dinners, whatever. But they rarely... FaceTime. It rarely... <laughs> you know, Insta DMs, whatever. Group, group chat. But I, I can't recall ever where you've seen two players make it so nakedly obvious... We want yeah. to be on and the same team, and we don't give a damn how much it disrupts what goes on yeah. for our particular franchises in the moment. Whether whether you approve of it or don't approve of it, that's what happened. I've never seen anything yeah. like and it. We before. go back. And we'll we'll play it. You know, coming up, but like LeBron's talking about this during the season, like and and how this is going to yes. go. And so you know, it it shows the the power and influence of Rich Paul because other agents have tried this move and not been able to get the team. But the guy my point where, is though, yeah. that's w- what you were saying next with Palinka and the front office. Right. That's where they really exactly. truly prove what they can do. What because this is the, for the Lakers. This is now the hard part. This is the skillful part about what the Lakers have to do. Not just going into this year, but way down the road. We'll leave down the road for down the road. But we talked about that cap space, Andy. What should the Lakers do with it? Do you go after the big fish to pair with Davis and LeBron? Do you go after other guys to put around this nucleus? How should the Lakers go forward uh, as things get a lot more complicated for Rob Palenka? We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll take calls 877-710-ESPN. Kamenetsky Brothers on until noon talking to Anthony Davis to the Lakers ESPN LA. 
All right, so we got this from Rob Maloney. Uh, landing AD was a must, but the reality is we have three rotation players and need to add six more. A real-world conversation about who and how using cap would be great. Can we add Kyrie, Kemba, Butler, and still get five more legit pieces? What would that look like? That gets to the heart, Andy, of the question of what the Lakers do next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, uh, here until noon. Uh, Alan Sliwa and Greg Bergman following up. we got Will Guillory coming up in about five minutes from The Athletic. Break things down. He covers the team from uh, in New Orleans. So let us know really what we're getting in AD, what that looks like from their perspective and all that stuff. And you guys can let them know who he's getting over there with the young guys. That is true. You know? It's well, actually, old, he's, he's got a fashion exchange of information. I can tell you, he's got a piece up at The Athletic because it's just, you know, there's wall-to-wall coverage over there in terms of what this deal means. And from his perspective, the Pelicans should be pretty excited about what's coming in. And I actually agree with him. Like The, the Pelicans right now, assuming Ingram and Lonzo, and Josh Hart can stay healthy. That's a foundation that you can grow with Zion Williamson, with Drew Holiday. Like, if Lonzo can stay healthy, Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball could be the best defensive backcourt in the league by a pretty wide margin. Like, that would be a nightmare to score against. Yeah. You know, Brand, I, I've liked Brandon Ingram since his rookie year when most people were down on him. I, I think the potential has always been there. Josh Hart is, at minimum, a legit rotation piece. Yeah, like and the and, Pelicans and, got and some this good draft capital. The draft capital they got, like yes, let's let's not forget, like you know, the next couple of years, yeah, draft picks for the Lakers should be up in the in the high twenties and not that valuable, whatever. LeBron retires, you know, Anthony Day. You get one weird year where Davis is hurt, whatever. You try have trouble building the team around him. There's a good chance, at the very least, that there will be years where the Pelicans will want to switch places with the Lakers and an unprotected mm-hmm. pick in 2020, 2025 is a long time from now. Yes, it is. A it's, lot can yeah. happen. But now, you don't hold up the deal for Anthony. And this is what I think where David Griffin did great work for New Orleans. You're sitting there and like the Lakers are kind of pot committed to this. You know, Andy, you played in the ESPN poker tournament, the Mason Ireland thing yesterday. You understand pot committed. Like at some point. Once you, in poker terms, the blinds became too big. Right. Like just, where at some point you have you to have play to the hand sort of play. because you've already invested enough and you know you're going to run out of chips. And chips in this particular metaphor would be the opportunity Correct. To, to maximize LeBron James being and, on your roster in the first place. And so you're in this situation where you know just as a starting point, you're not going to be able to realistically, you can't trade for Anthony freaking Davis without giving up. Lonzo, Ingram, and the number four. That's just, like, you, there's no world in which that happens because David Griffin can just be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll just wait. Something else will come along. Look, I'll, I'll wait. wait. And, I'll wait and take my chances on putting Anthony Davis on the court right, with, with Zion. Zion see exactly. if he likes it. I mean, the, if I don't like the deals I'm getting anyway, the deals that I would get in six months, if I move Anthony right, they're Davis... Be, they're not going to be better? They're not, well, they're not going right. to be considerably worse. Exactly. That's what, I, yes, would, I would rather take a chance gambling on the upside... Of yes. what would happen if Anthony so you, Davis actually likes playing with Zion? You can't screw around. You're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. You can't screw around and do the thing where you know, no, we're gonna, you don't have any leverage, sir, and we're gonna take it all the way. That's the bare minimum. And from there, once you're willing to to go, Zoe Ingram number four. Now, are you gonna hold it up? Are you gonna hold up getting Anthony Davis and all that over Josh Hart? No. Uh, are you going to hold it up over? I mean, you know, you know, realistically, you're probably going to have to add another pick or two in it. 
you you know you you're not going to hold it up over a 2025 first round pick that might absolutely 100 percent come back to bite you in the rear at a time where you really don't want it to. No, right. but you're not. You can't do that now. You're right, and and great to the Lakers organization. I know we don't know the details of how everything went yet, but good thing that they're all on one page and there's not someone saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. I, I want this guy to stay and, and just messing up the whole deal. Great for the Lakers organization, yeah. the front office, to be on the same page and get this deal done ASAP by any means. They had to get it done, and they had to get it done bef- really before the draft or before free agency at the very least, so they knew what they had going in. And you know, Rob Palenka either thinks, I am a great GM and I will navigate these very difficult circumstances going forward. We are going to learn how talented a GM Rob Palenka is going forward. Um, or he says, you know, by 2025, I could be gone. This might not be my problem by then. Yeah. Either way, you're Lakers listening to KSP in Los Angeles. I already did that. I didn't hear it. Either <laughs> <laughs> you are still listening. Thirty seconds still later here. to KSP, or minute, actually a minute and a half later to KSP in Los Angeles. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. We'll continue to take. Your calls got a lot of people. If you're holding, uh, hang in there. We yeah. will get to you. Uh, but right now, Will Guillory joins us. He covers the Pelicans for the Athletic uh, and has been very busy, I would imagine, himself over the last 24 hours. Will, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, we got you. So what was the reaction to uh, to the haul that David Griffin was able to get from the uh, New Orleans perspective? Yeah, I think the fans, one, were just excited to, that it was finally over. <laughs> I know for one, I, I know you guys probably feel the same way. I'm pretty happy to be able to walk around the streets now without hearing eight questions about when is the trade going to happen, where is it going, where are they going to get for his return. So now that it's finally done and we can all look at you know, everything that they got on a piece of paper, they can finally move on and prepare for the next step. But I, I think... Uh, just when you see what they got in return, you have to be really happy, not only with the young guys, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart, but just the treasure trove of, of picks they got from the Lakers and the possibility that, you know, they may end up Brooklyn Nets in <laughs> this thing. They end up, they end up landing a big pick down the line if things fall apart with the Lakers. But uh, they really put themselves in a position to just have a bunch of assets going into the future. And that's the big thing, just to put themselves in a position to be really flexible, you know, post-Anthony Davis. Well, I mean, Will, we were talking about this earlier, Will. Like, I, I would challenge the idea of this being potentially Celtics-Nets, not in the sense that it couldn't end up working out better for the Pelicans in the long run than the Lakers, because we don't know how well LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to play together. We don't know if they're going to end up winning a championship out of it. But contextually, I think this is so much different just because the Lakers gave up a lot, and there are high stakes to this deal, but they got a guy in in his prime, as opposed to when the Nets did all that work to get Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce past their primes. So I, I, I think the deal, regardless of how it shakes out, can already be justified more from the Lakers' perspective than than what the Nets did. Yeah, absolutely, and that's basically what I wrote in my piece for the Athletic last night was that, you know, both teams have to be really happy coming out of this trade. Just like you said, the Lakers have targeted AD for a long, long time. They've known that it's going to be difficult to get a a second star next to LeBron James, and Anthony Davis was probably the perfect guy to fit into that spot, and now they have him. And, you know, with everything going on with the Golden State Warriors, uh, you have to think that they're at least one of the top three teams as far as favorites going into the next season as a potential title contender. 
And to think, you know, this team was a joke a couple months ago, and now we're looking at them as potential title contenders. That's a win in itself. But if you're the Pelicans, it's not so much that you're going to end up looking three, four years down the line and saying, wow, the Pelicans killed the Lakers in that trade. But it's just a matter of being able to add additional picks years and years down the road, and you put yourself in a position to make additional moves where we're looking at this trade now and saying, wow, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball might end up being good. But once this deal is done, we're going to be talking about, you know, possibly five, six, seven guys the Pelicans are going to be adding. And maybe mm-hmm. you don't do that. Maybe you use those picks to to, uh, to make a bigger trade down the line. So I think that's the thing for them. It's not necessarily walking away saying, wow, we won this trade by a mile, but putting yourself in a position where future uh, big trade chips come available, the Pelicans are going to be in the in the mix. And, you know, for years and years, this team, we've talked about them not never having first-round picks, trading away all their assets to kind of worry about the now with Anthony Davis. Now uh, they're preparing themselves in the future in a way that they've never done in the history of this franchise. Yeah, it's crazy to think, Will, when we're talking to Will Guillory, covers the Pelicans for the, uh, for the Athletic. There's, like, some eighth grader woke up this morning, like, put on his shoes and ran out to the blacktop and was just, you know, shooting around and doing whatever, you know, probably doing on a Sunday morning and doesn't realize that he's going to be like a critical piece in like the Anthony Davis trade <laughs> in, in 2025. Like that's how long this is going to go. Um, so it's ridiculous. I, there are a few Pelicans fans joking like maybe one of these picks will end up being Bronny James. Who, the, who knows? It's possible. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if the Pelicans end up in position to draft Bronny because of this and then like LeBron ends up playing in New Orleans? That that would be incredible. I don't know. It, I, somebody needs to take up that bet. Who, who's going to end up on a Pelicans roster first, Lamelo Ball or Bronny James? Well, we got to. I can promise you the answer is Bronny. <laughs> if it's one or the other, I can promise you that answer ends up Bronny. So, so uh, Will, obviously, Laker fans are familiar with Anthony Davis because he's a superstar and everyone's seen him play. But as somebody who watches him game in, game out. Break down exactly what the Lakers are getting in him in terms of strengths, in terms of weaknesses, and how you think he's going to fit with LeBron. Uh, I mean, he, he's an incredible basketball player. I think there's a lot of, been a lot of talk around AD about his decision-making, the people he's surrounded himself with, the way he kind of forced his way out of New Orleans. But at the end of the day, man, that guy is very, very, very good at basketball. I think he, he's an ultra-efficient uh, offensive player. I think he'll be a perfect fit next to LeBron because he's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He can score, you know, off pick and roll. He can score in transition. He'll catch lobs, offensive rebounds. He can do a little bit of everything. And I think it's safe to say that he's probably by far the best big man LeBron has ever played with. So it's going to be really interesting to see how LeBron kind of utilizes him. And then on the defensive end, I, I think he's one of the best defenders in the league, protecting the rim. He can get out on the perimeter and check uh, perimeter guys and switch situations. Uh, he, he he pretty much single-handedly turned the Pelicans into a top-five defense after DeMarcus Cousins went down you know, a few years back. So I think uh, the combination of him and LeBron James, they're going to be lethal on both ends of the court, and it's going to be a huge addition for that Lakers team. And I think another thing with him, it, it, it sounds incredible to say, but there's still so much room for him to grow. I think we saw even last year, we saw him making strides in his game where before throughout his career he's always been known as a finisher, a guy that was going to score. But last year he set a career high in assists per game. He was making uh, more passes than I ever saw him do last year. And I think that that just shows how much his, his overall understanding of the game is still getting better. His basketball IQ is improving. And if you want to become a better passer, uh, is there a better guy to surround yourself with than LeBron James? So I think just to – 
to think about those guys running pick and roll and AD catching oh. that ball and short oh. roll and hitting guys in the opposite corner. Uh, man, it's going to be terrifying. And I think uh, just those two guys learning how to play together is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And Will, and we're talking to Will Guillory, covers the uh, Pelicans for the Athletic. This is one of those deals, too. Like The other factor that you always have to think about when stars come to L.A. is like how they're kind of cut out for it. Um, Davis is going to get a couple years to let LeBron kind of be the face and the voice and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, big picture, how well do you think he is, his personality and his temperament fits into the idea of being, you know, the franchise cornerstone for the Lakers? Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting because I think through this whole trade demand saga, I think you saw for the first time Anthony Davis really gets some negative press. Uh, that's something he really has never gotten throughout his career. He's mostly been the guy that, oh, man, we wish we could, he can get more people in New Orleans. Oh, man, wouldn't it be more fun if AD could be a you know perennial playoff threat? And now he, he there's a possibility he could be Chris Bosh for the Lakers if things start going bad next year. He'll be the guy getting the fingers pointed at him, and that'll be something that'll be an adjustment for him. And I think, you know, he had some rough patches last year. You heard some of the things he said in the media where he felt like, uh, you know, he probably would want to take some of that stuff back. And the That's All Folks t-shirt at the end of the season, you know, there was a, a couple hiccups for him with that added scrutiny. I, I think that's going to be an adjustment for him. But on the court, I, I think he, he'll deal with all of that stuff fine. I, I think you saw even through the boos coming during home games last year, I saw him get booed by the home crowd and still drop 30. You know, that I mean, it's just a matter of when these guys are at a certain level, once they're locked in, it really doesn't matter what's going on around them. Uh, I think it'll be less about the on-the-court issues and more about, you know, with LeBron James, it's every day. The media coverage, tweets, what did he say post-game, what is he putting on his Twitter account is going to be completely different from anything he's ever dealt with. And it's going to be adjustment. But at the end of the day, like I said before, I mean, those two guys on the court, it's going to be incredible to watch. And I think as long as they're getting it done out there, all of the other stuff will kind of take care of itself. Awesome. Thanks, Will. We, so Will Guillory covers the team, uh, covers the Pelicans, I should say, for the Athletic. Really appreciate you coming on. I know it's a busy, busy time for you. Thanks. Hey, absolutely. I wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Man. All right. 877-710-ESPN is the number. Still got a lot to do. We're here until noon. Uh, now is McMenamin coming in now? Is that what we're hearing? McMenamin is uh, he's coming on at nine thirty. I don't know if he's in person right, yeah. or if he's going to be calling us. Uh, but he'll be nine thirty. Om Yomnasuk will be ten thirty. Zach Harper at ten. We've got a parade of people coming yeah, in. Yeah, cavalcade. We'll take your calls. Uh, kind of reset what's going on here. Anthony Davis is a Laker. Did they give up too much? What's going to happen next year? What does his team look like that? All of that coming up. Kamenetsky Brothers and ESPN LA. Now, can this be considered a Father's Day song? I love the way they call me Big Papa. I mean, it's a baby Creighton song. I mean, it's the type of song that could lead you to be a father. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not married Father's Day. Or... Big Papa, talking about being called Big Papa. Oh, it's yeah, but I mean, song. like, the reason you're being referred to as Big Papa could very well lead to having a child. Right. Could lead to your eventual Father's Day. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I will accept right. this. Father's nice come, work, Rebecca. Fathers come in many forms. Including future. Rolling stones and great ones. <laughs> you can be fathers to adult people, depending on the relationship. There's a lid for every pot. That's what I like to say. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky here. The Lakers have acquired Anthony Davis. We're here until noon. Lakers talk uh, coming at you at noon. They'll be on for, I believe, 34 hours. 
uh, after us, <laughs> leading you up. I think they're just going straight to uh, the morning show tomorrow. Uh, I think that's how that's working. 877-710-ESPN is the number joining us right now. Dave McManaman, who has been an extremely busy man uh, in the wake of this deal, uh, covers the NBA and the Lakers for ESPN. Dave, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Of course. Happy Father's Day, guys. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, man. Uh, so, who wins this thing? Is they, did the Lakers give up too much? Did they give up too? Uh, did the, the Pelicans take too much? What's going on? Obviously, it remains to be seen. Uh, the Lakers made a move with urgency, and you have to when your best players about to turn thirty-five years old. And so, uh, I have no qualms about the deal for the Lakers. There is going to be a chance that the hall that the Pelicans got is going to look really, really good. There's a chance that Lonzo becomes this all-time great point guard because we've seen flashes of it. There's a chance that Ingram is this special, unique player. Uh, there's a chance that Josh Hart's a role player in this league for 15 years is, uh, or, or better than a role player. And that there's a chance that you know the, the picks that David Griffin was able to acquire, he'll pick on great players or he'll be able to package for other pieces but you don't get anthony davis for nothing (laughs) and i mean you could you could have waited till the summer of 2020 but again because your guys your best player is 35 years old you can't wait another year and so you know that's the the cost of doing business and what you got though is you got hope for next year in a season that is set up to have a ton of parity uh, across the league, and you know, if Golden State was healthy and those guys were re-upping, <laughs> if Kevin Durant was reconsidering what he's going to do and stay with that team, like, oh yeah, I don't really love it. But why I think it's it's a worthy trade is right now, if they are smart about how they use the remainder cap space that they have, you can really go into next year feeling really good about the chance to not just make the playoffs and the six-year drought, but but really, like, add another Larry O'Brien Brian trophy to Junie Buss's office. I mean, that's a legitimate conversation if they break up the remaining money the right way. And Dave, we're talking to Dave McManaman, covers the Lakers in the NBA for ESPN. What do you know about that? Because, like, there's some of the details that are yet to be uh, fully kind of explained is, like, when this trade is going to happen and, uh, whether Anthony Davis has waived his trade kicker and all that kind of stuff. And all of that influences the amount of money that the Lakers will have available to them to spend. Uh, what What's kind of firm out there about the, the mechanics of when all this is going to happen? There's not a, a lot of firm that's out there. Um, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski was reporting this morning that it looks to be um, July 6th when it'll become official and um, – you know, I think there's some implications there. At the same time, we had Bobby Marks um, suggest that he felt like the all the draft pick compensation was uh, a sweetener in order to get New Orleans to agree to delay the deal so they could get the salary cap, um, mm-hmm. you know, the best benefits in that department. So, um, quite frankly, I, I don't think we know. I, the, the the details on that, you know, I reached out to Anthony Davis' representatives yesterday to ask if he planned on waiving the no trade clause. I haven't heard an answer on that. I haven't seen anyone else report on it unless something happened this morning. 
And so I, I think we're still waiting to find out um, whether they're going to have that full max, and obviously that will change their approach, um, whether they, they want to use that money on multiple players or, or one player, because I can't imagine a true, true superstar coming in and not wanting – uh, the full max, like right. something close, a Kemba yeah, or a Kyrie or a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard, without being able to pay him the max. Let's say, uh, Dave, for the sake of argument, that the Pelicans agree to to delay this, so the Lakers end up with the max cap space possible, and even Anthony Davis agrees to waive the trade kicker, and the Lakers end up with around, I think, thirty two million, like 33, 30, something like something like that. To get those dudes. In your opinion, what do you think would be the better route to go in terms of filling out the roster? Do you think it's best to go after the third All Star? Do you think it's best to try to break it up and build more, say, shooting depth, that sort of thing? I think the best route would be Kawhi Leonard, but if yes. Kawhi Leonard, then you break it up. That's exactly how I feel, Dave. We've been having this argument or debate all all morning. I, I am exactly with you. I think Kawhi Leonard is sort of the exception that proves the rule. But beyond that, you've got two great players already, and Kyle Kuzma as a legit third option. You need to spread that floor. You need depth. And I mean, literally beyond Kuzma, I'm not sure they have another rotation player. I mean, I, you know, uh, Mo Wagner showed some flashes last year. So did Alex Caruso. We didn't really see much out of Bonga. Um, They're hiding him. They just they don't want anybody coming in and taking him. They're hiding him. <laughs> you got to have like nine or ten guys to be able to get through the regular season, and then you know, when you get to playoffs, yeah, you may only need seven or eight to rely on. But uh, you know, injuries pop up, wear and tear, rest. I imagine they're gonna. You know, I, I would think. I'm not reporting this. I would think they would use some sort of rest plan on LeBron next year. Um, to preserve him for the playoffs. And so you just need guys. You need capable guys. And I have no problem with them trying to get three guys in the $10 million range uh, with, with the, the cap space they have remaining. I think it actually probably be the smart move. Dave, what do you think the, the market's going to play out like? Because I think the hard part to figure out, at least for me, because I'm not good at this, I forget the exact number, but it's something like 15 or 16 teams with like $15 million in cap space or more. It's just a tremendous amount of money that's available to throw at the sort of Seth Curry's and the Danny Green's and all these other guys who, you know, in, in other years might go for six or seven million dollars. Maybe this year they go for, you know, 12 or 13. What do you think the market plays out uh, for those mid tier guys? How good a player can they get for 10 million? Yeah, that's to really analyze it because, you know, it's a fair point to, to mention that. Like, you know, there's a lot of teams with, with cap space, but it depends on where they are in terms of their arc with a chance to win, mm-hmm. whether they're going to spend, like, a premium for those type of guys, right? Like, and so you, you could see their market value go up because, you know, a guy like Seth Curry, because several contenders, um, you know, I guess Portland has to consider themselves a contender because they made the West Conference Finals last year. Um, so there could be a bidding war on, on on certain players, but I'm not so sure. You know that logic really works. Just to say, because there's a lot of uh, teams out there with cap space, that all these role players are going to get a premium. I, I think you know role players understand that that getting paid is nice. I mean, it, it, it's it's such a, a great thing that they look forward to, and I don't think they're going into the summer with the expectation of a max like some of the other guys we were mentioning. Uh, last question for you, Dave. Uh, LeBron and AD, what do you picture of the fit, man? 
from what we've seen so far in all-star games and the like, I think it's going to work beautifully. Uh, LeBron's a willing passer. AD is a guy with great hands who can finish around the rim and good court awareness. Uh, you know, and even defensively, I think that they can do some things together. So uh, I, it, it's a great thing, if only for the reason that the excitement that it generates. Uh, you know, this is the guy that LeBron wanted, <laughs> and when LeBron gets superstars uh, that he wants to play with, it usually goes quite well. Um, he had two two superstar teammates two all-star teammates in Cleveland, won a championship, had two Hall of Fame teammates in Miami, won two championships. Um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done still on this Lakers roster, but I, I, I really am excited to see how they look, uh, just LeBron and AD. They're going to need, by the way, too, Dave, shooters willing to play on a veteran's minimum, man. Stay ready. Waiting on it. Waiting on that call. At the very least, you're a two-way guy, right? I mean, <laughs> you'd spend you'd spend a little time in the G League, I mean, especially if Caruso ends up getting the call up. Man, they're they're going to they need, need someone. They're going to need some people uh, the South For Bay. Sure. All right, we'll see what um, the like I said. There are a lot of teams with a lot of cap space. Rob Palinka, you listening? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do, do this. this. Right. Do this, Palinka. Do it. All right, Dave McManaman, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. All right, guys. I don't know what Dave's doing on uh, June twentieth, Thursday, the draft day. Uh, he should join us at Rock and Brews in Redondo Beach and join Sedano for the uh, Sedano's NBA Draft Party. He'll be broadcasting live with Byron Scott, Mason Ireland, be there from 12 to 3. Uh, you get stop by, you get a chance to win, you get some opening night tickets and autographed merchandise and more. And of course, Andy, after the draft, you and I will be broadcasting from the UCLA Health Training Complex Lakers facility thing in El Segundo. Uh, afterwards, we'll be on from when it's over, I think, until like 9. Yeah, fans cannot join us. We want to make sure that's clear. You no. cannot go to... Well, not without risking arrest. Right. Not You cannot go to the Lakers facility, but it's going to be a great show when you're driving home from Rock and Bruce. And we will be, I believe, are we're scheduled at least to speak with both Frank Vogel and Rob Plink. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. You heard Dave talking about how the Lakers should split up this money. That I think is the biggest debate about what you know what comes next for the Lakers. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. We'll tackle that. Uh, Om Young Masuk and Zach Harper still to join us before we're done at noon. ESPN LA.